I've, I've visited different churches, but I practice my spirituality through this work. Mm. If Jesus was here, I feel like he would be in the trenches, yes, alleviating pain and suffering in the world. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Dig New Streams. I'm really excited to share a conversation that I had this past week with Angel Cosme. Uh, Angel is a community organizer with Brockton Interfaith Community, which we refer to as BIC in this conversation. He is a teacher. He's a father of two boys, uh, actually one young man. And he is just someone that I think is a beautiful person. Uh, We met about seven years ago. And from the moment we met, I felt a soul connection with him that we can't really put our finger on. But I'm just so grateful to have him in my life and to share a bit of his story through his lens with you. Uh, So what you'll hear is a conversation about community organizing and faith and his upbringing, and so much more. Uh, I think that what you'll hear is a raw and honest look at the way that uh, Angel sees the world, which I believe is something that many of us would benefit from adopting. Uh, One technical note, there is a bit of a rumbling that you may hear from time to time underneath the microphone. I'm not yet a talented enough engineer to remove that kind of thing, so... If you're sensitive to those kinds of things, uh, I hope that you're able to bear with it and hear the heart and soul of this conversation. Also, uh, I have loved hearing the critical and encouraging feedback that people have been getting out of this podcast. So please feel free to continue offering that up. If you want to follow for more, you can follow on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, you name it at dignewstreams underscore podcast. About how long have you done like community organizing, like that kind of work? Yeah, so it's I th- it's been about 10 years. Um, I graduated from from college in 2013 yeah with my masters and and i i started organizing right after that because i started teaching at independence academy and the principal was like hey there's this group meeting and uh it's about a drug court and you know it's a recovery high school that i was teaching at at the time and the principal thought it was a good connection um so i started going to these meetings little did i know it was like a a big thing Mm. and i was learning how to organize through john messiah actually who's part of uh, the mayor's the mayor's uh constituent director yeah, at, the, yeah. at the moment yeah but um i i like he was developing me as a quote-unquote leader yeah. through that so it, it's it's been about 10 years wow. and, and we successfully got the drug court yep um only after i started working with bic in 2015 is when i really started to see oh i was actually organizing and and yeah you didn't see it that way at first no gotcha. no i was just i, I was just you know attending meetings <laughs> and, and trying to do my part yeah um but I, I learned through John a lot of, of uh, what organizing is. Yeah. So it's it's been about ten years. I've been teaching and organizing for for the past ten years. Yeah. Doing both like like in cycles. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I would be a full time teacher and then I you know would be at BIC and then I left BIC and went back into teaching. Now I'm back with BIC. 
Yeah. And I'm actually still teaching. I'm teaching part time now too. At the adult learning center. At the adult learning center. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. How's that going? Two nights a week. I just started. Um, it's been about a week. It's great. It's oh wow. Great to work with like a, a predominantly, actually, majority all of them are immigrants mm. learning English, um, and then doing the the organizing work with the immigrant community has just been, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a blessing. It's a population that falls through the cracks. Yes. And to be able to just support them through mutual aid and through a, the adult learning center has been has been wonderful for me. Yeah, my I mean, so my experience of you is that you've always kind of been doing that work. That's how I met you, which was probably 2015, yep. so seven-ish years ago, right? And you <clears throat> were this is yeah. Now I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. I met you. You were they were doing a rally, and it was about. It was about either the, uh, the rally was, I think, in support of the shooting at a club in Orlando, was yeah. it? Yeah, it was a peace, a peace rally, I peace believe. Peace rally, yeah, yeah, at City Hall. Yep. And you were one of the people leading it. I was like, wow, this guy is like fire. He's a, a really well-spoken and just like hitting the stuff that I had been investing my energy in. And I had to meet you. Mm. <laughs> I went up to you after, I think. Yeah. And we just set up a time to meet. We had our one-to-one. You got me, like, into a meeting for Jobs Not Jails. And I remember. And the rest is we just kept meeting and talking. And yeah. we connected on that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, that event has one of the most beautiful pictures. If it's that event. There was a couple. But everybody was in a circle. Yeah. The community was in a circle. You're you're I think you were leading the prayer. If I'm oh, not that's mistaken. a different one. But is that it a different? is a okay. peace rally. That so there was a couple of peace for there was the shooting yes. in Orlando and then there was I forget, but there was a couple of events like that. But that Maybe circle that was picture the, my memory is twisted was amazing because yeah, it was like yeah. it showed the power of the community. Yes. I think we were all holding hands. It was pre pre COVID of course. But no, I, I remember yes. meeting with you in, in the big office. Yeah. And I right. think that's that might have been our official quote unquote one on one. Yep. And and you were just so genuine so relatable you told me you were a pastor and i'm looking at your tattoos and i think people comment on that but we have these 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 conceptions of what you know that looks like and, yep. and you didn't look like quote unquote what a, what a pastor would look like but your feel like your heart was very genuine and you were just sincere and super relatable and i've told you this but i i i claim to have this um this this uh, not ability but just this this intuition yeah of like connecting with people, like yeah. like feeling like, and and I'm not always right, right? But like, there's something about this guy that I really really like, mm. and and we've been friends ever since. I and, know, and you're just one of the the, the, the most sincere, genuine people who oh, I've spoken to about my struggles, and you've always been there with an ear and just sharing your personal experiences, and and just you're an, you're an amazing, amazing, amazing oh, man, man and friend to me. Wow, and I value our friendship. And uh, it was from like day one that I felt it, and yeah. I, I think I recommended um, you to that because of that that feeling that I had. Yeah, and right. That fight. It's likewise though. You know, I've always felt the same way, and I feel like for me to see someone who does the work from a place of like I, you're so connected to it that it's not you can't separate it out. The work is part of you. That is the kind of person I've always wanted to be around. It was inspiring to me to watch you because you could tell you weren't just 
doing it because you wanted to be seen or heard. It just flows out of you. Mm. You're just a kind of person that, that sees people who suffer and you want to be in it because you know what suffering is. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. absolutely because of my experiences, my, my struggles in mm. life, how I grew up, where I grew up, the people that I know that, that have struggled. Tell us, um, if you wouldn't mind, yeah. a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I was I was born in, in Brooklyn, but I, I wasn't raised there. You're New York. Bronx. Bruce, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Um, and at four years old, we moved to Rhode Island, and I lived in the housing projects. Both, actually, my, my claim to fame of New York is I was born in Marcy Projects with Jay-Z. Oh, yes. Not right. with Jay-Z, but where Jay-Z's from. Yeah, so, my right. birthplace has a billionaire, which is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Um, and, and I'm far from that. But... Uh, Rhode Island was, was you know, we lived in the housing projects. I, I, I have to say that I grew up with a very loving family, mm. two-parent household. My parents are in Puerto Rico now. They moved back in 2006, but they've been married for like 57 years. Wow. And they're like the, the, the Puerto Rican Huxtables. Some people, <laughs> some people really like, like for real, like everybody loves my parents. My father's a comedian. Yeah. Uh, my mother's super loving. And I have, you know, three older sisters, my, my, um, youngest sister passed away recently but um so we grew up in a very loving loving home but the projects are the projects and you see stuff there was drugs i had an uncle who passed away from hiv he was Mm. a heroin user Mm. um we've seen all kind of horrors like people dead bodies in the street you know um and at a very young age i got involved with like the older crowd and we started drinking at a really early age Mm. and I got into some trouble as a teenager. Um, to avoid that, I went to live with my older sister, Evelyn, in Boston. Mm. So at 16, I moved to Massachusetts, and mm. I've been in Massachusetts since. Um, and I was part of a teen ministry when I came to, to, to Boston. Right. And for like three years, man, I lived and breathed Christianity. Yeah. Like I remember sharing my faith is what we called it on like the red line. Like yeah. when people are commuting oh, to work, no I would like, hey, can I get everybody's attention? Wow. Inviting them to church service and everything. Like I, I baptized people, like preached one time. But you're, you were a teenager. I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah, so- 16, 17, and 18. At 18, I quote unquote fell away. That's how they, they you backslid. They, right? they, they named it. <laughs> like it was really dramatic because they would say, like, if you leave the church, you're a fall away. And I carried that for years. Whoa. Um, so wait, you were. You were like doing the ministry hard, street yeah. preaching, yeah, bringing people to tr- service on Sundays that you met, like, or people would, you know, hear about your message or something like that. You you were doing good work, yeah, and then all of a sudden you weren't connecting with it anymore. Or what happened? Yeah, I, I I was I had freedom at a very early age. Yeah, my sister was was you know she let me use her car and yeah. you know I was very responsible, um, but like. That teen ministry buffered me through high school. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. I really attribute that, that it was a savior because I could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, I was definitely going the wrong way in Rhode Island. I, I got exposed to, to spirituality, specifically through this, this Christian denomination church. But then I'm, like, now 18. I graduated from high school. Yeah. And the world is in front of me. Yeah. And, I and you know, I, I had no purpose for years and years. Um drinking with my friends um just living that kind of life and then i started settling down 
around my mid twenties. Mm. I I had my son at twenty six. Mm. Um, that was two thousand and two. In two thousand and four, I bought a house in Brockton. Two thousand and seven, I got married. Two thousand and eight, I went back to college. Oh wow! And I had dropped out eleven years prior. Okay. Yeah. And I would have these like reoccurring dreams of going back to college yeah. on, on a regular basis. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me just go back to college. Yeah. And I uh, graduated in 2012 with my bachelor's and then in 2013 with my master's degree, went into teaching. But through all of that, there's been many, many ups and downs, yes. many ups and downs, many personal challenges. And um, it, it was a college class called Race, Class and Gender. Yeah that um, challenged me about like injustice and, mm. and social justice and, and like our role in that. Yeah. And I remember the professor saying something like, you can't be for uh, anti-racism and, and like for homophobia. Yeah. Like just wow. saying like, if you're truly, truly about social justice, yeah. you're all in. Whoa. And I wasn't, you know, I was just living in Brockton. I wasn't really involved. It yep. was actually Jess Stewart who knocked on my door and yeah. he was running for mayor. And I'm like, wow, I, I started paying attention a little bit more. Yeah. And then, of course, the uh, the drug court work that I started doing, that was like my way of activism. So it's been, but, yeah. but I was actually an activist and not mm. an organizer. And there's a difference. Oh, yeah. Talk to us. Yeah. What's so the, so the I learned then? that. Yeah. Um, I, I credit Will Dickerson, the executive director of BIC. He of course, has been yeah. Who will be on me. soon, too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. He's amazing. He's helped me to, to like, just develop my my capacity of organizing and yeah. so i i would be the guy to get things done i'd be the guy to show up in events i'd yes. be the one to to show up at protests and rallies um but organizing is different because you're actually developing other people to do those things mm. and so i've been team building the last couple of years with three teams that i have through uh, brockton into faith which is immigration um mutual aid and then I'm the organizer for Sharon Interfaith Action. Oh, nice. Um, That's and we're great. working on some education equity issues and, and Sharon. Um, That's great. And so I have a mutual aid financial team. I have a mutual aid distribution team, the immigration team. And, and through those teams, they're, they're leaders yeah. who I'm working with yeah. and, and who help get the work done yeah so now it's that's organizing because yeah. they're they're stepping into their power angel right. doesn't have to be the one doing it all yeah and sometimes i tend to and i have to remind myself of like i don't have to be the one doing all of that i have a team who's absolutely capable that's really good so an activist would be someone that's just kind of like they're passionate about an issue they might speak up about it every now and again um use the, use their voice to speak up yeah. But isn't necessarily like an organizer is someone who's expanding, who's like getting that their message, their voice, the thing they care about to a larger group of people so that something can move from it. Right. Right. Okay. And it, it's, it's also not just about what they want. Like when I yeah. first came to BIC, yeah, I, I was yeah. under the perception that as a community organizer, that I would organize around issues that I care about. Yeah, and I right. learned quickly that, that there's a there's a process, there's an organizing cycle. Yes. And the most important thing that we could do is listen to the needs of the community. Absolutely. And as you know, to, to get the most affected involved. Yeah. So like in the immigration team, we need immigrants leading right. it, you know. Right. Um our our we have two leads. Uh, one is from Cape Verde and the and the other one is from uh, Honduras. Mm. And then um we had a third one from Haiti, but now it's it's a it's another lead who's not an immigrant, but still, um, you know that that's critical to get the people most affected, leading and, and sharing their stories and, yes. and um, well, uh, moving a, the work. Yeah, the the work doesn't really mean anything otherwise, right? 
because then it becomes a movement of people who care about an issue for one reason or another but aren't necessarily impacted by right. it. And those who are impacted by it are going to move because it's it's so crucial for them to yep. get this change done. You know, I, I'm teaching my my high school class about the, you know, French Revolution and the Haitian Revolutions. And mm. You didn't have to convince people that they were being oppressed, right. you know, and that they should do something about it. Yeah. But organizing takes oppression, looks at oppression, and gives a model to work towards, to, like, combat it. Yeah. Right? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's critical to, to like, listen. And, and during mutual aid, it's interesting because Brockton was number two in contraction rates of COVID. Mm. And and it was actually Rabbi Randy who first told me, hey, you know, we want to launch this 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 uh, this program, this mutual aid network. And I think at the time, I know at the time, I was I had a Facebook platform called Brockton Volunteers. Yes, I so I haven't even touched. That. I remember that. <laughs> now that mutual aid is in full force with fourteen hundred members, I haven't even touched 1400. the fourteen hundred. It started with zero wow. it, on Facebook, and and it's just. It's been beautiful to see, like, people can ask for diapers, and then the, somebody will say, I have diapers, or I'll cash app you, and then um, wow. I need a ride. I Everything and everything, from helping people pay rent, and, and um, just... Wow. The, the, the thing, though, that we're trying to be very mindful of is to not make it like a charity, mm. it, but that we want to empower people. Yeah. Um, so we, we're, like... And we've done this. We, we're trying. To, there's there's plenty of examples. There's there's somebody who was one of the initial people who filled out the COVID nineteen survey. So mm. when Mutual Aid launched, we did three things. We had the Facebook page. Um, we started generating funds for for to help the needs of the community, and um, Facebook page, the fund, and and the survey. The oh, survey yeah. was the means of, of assessing what people needed. Yeah. And there was a gentleman who was like one of the first ones to, to sign the survey. And, and he needed help because um, his family was in Haiti and COVID prevented them from sending him the allowance. This person is now like became a leader with the immigration team, um, worked on our financial team became a part-time employee mm. and is now going full-time wow that's just one example of of like our model is not just to help people but to bring them into their full selves and their leadership and that's that. been that's been the case for a lot of individuals and so we're being more strategic and trying to not only help people but say hey do you care about this this and this because right. we're also doing the systemic work right so it's a new model for big because we've never traditionally been a direct service provider yeah, and, right. Um, and yet we 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 know that if you can't pay your rent and if you can't put food on the table, you're not thinking about organizing. You're right. not thinking about attending a meeting. You're you're trying to survive. Right. So we look at it as a as an initial touch with the community. We're building trust. We're mm. building relationships, and through that, people then can go on to the other side of systemic organizing. Right. Um, and it's never neat. It's never that, that you know, doesn't always work. Yeah. But it's, it's, we're trying a, to be intentional. That's so that. good. It is a continuum, right? Because there's there's got to be um, people that are picking someone up off the ground mm-hmm. to get them to a place where they're stable enough to think about, hey, you know what? I, I want to do something about this issue. And when they're hungry or they're, they don't have clothing or basic needs met, that's going to be very hard for them to be like, yeah, and I want to fight Right. This big social issue and take this on. Yeah. I'm just trying to survive here, you know? Yeah. You mentioned something that made me think about why one of the reasons that I've always really connected with you 
and and been drawn to you is because of like the really humble way that you approach the work you're just flying under the radar all the time bringing people along empowering them showing them what they have within them and it's never about angel which is why i, I you know I, everyone that I know that knows you thinks the world of you, but it's not like you're some famous guy that everyone's th- like. You've just been you've touched so many people without having it to be about yourself and to thank gain you. some notoriety out of it. You thank know? you, thank you. I I I know what it's like to struggle. I'm far from perfect. If anybody truly knows me, and I know we've had conversations, you know my flaws. Sure. You know my struggles. Likewise, yeah. and and um, just alleviating pain to me. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I've, I've visited different churches, but I practice my spirituality through this work. Mm. If Jesus was here, I feel like he would be in the trenches. Yes. Alleviating pain and suffering in the world. Right. And so, like, I, that's part of my spiritual practice is to, is to alleviate, like, the, I get joy from it. You know, yeah. you were talking about needs in your, in your previous podcast. I yeah. think what it does for me is, is um, A, just seeing, seeing the relief. And, and at times I've wanted relief and, and I wish somebody would do something for me. I remember yes. being like struggling and, and wishing, I always remember this, like I wish I had money to get a sub, mm. like a sub. And, and yeah. um, at the time I was like displaced. I was living with my ex-wife mm. of all people. Like she let me stay with her. This yeah. is during COVID. Yeah. And I'm looking for an apartment and I didn't, I didn't have much money. And um, so I know I know what it's like to struggle. Yes. And and like when we give people food, like we have this really awesome distribution from Trader Joe's um, happening on a consistent basis. Just just to see like like last time we did it, there was a line. It was cold and it was mostly immigrants because mm. across the street they were giving out food. Yeah. And I rolled down my window in Spanish and I told them, hey, we're giving out food right across the street. And they lined up. Wow. And then we like ran out of food. And the, the Trader Joe's folks from the Brookline Co-op who connected us, shout out to them, said, do you want another truck delivery? And mm. I and I um, it was a long day. It was cold. Yeah. And I looked at the line. And I said, yes. Yeah. But I knew that I would have to like be the guy staying back and coordinating <laughs> yeah. it. And it was it was crazy. But th- they came a couple of hours later. It was dark. We put the food out and like people just started like grabbing the food because mm. they needed it. Yes. And um, man that's that's what brings me joy that's what makes it worth it i it's you know i was frustrated at times because the truck was taking long but when they got what they needed yes that just made me feel better so i get a benefit from it you know what i mean like like yeah but it's not it's not like a selfish benefit i don't need to to let people know the work that we do and it's a team like i i have to say publicly yeah that is not just me doing the work we have a team rebecca there's a there's a mutual aid distribution team. There's volunteers. Yeah. There's people driving. There's people picking up food and delivering food and internally, mm. you know, people who who like Tracy and and Jeff who like support the work. Right. But it's very much community supporting community, yes. and it's it's definitely not just me. So I don't need to be on on the limelight of, of it. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a difference to be pointed out that the difference between self interest, which is a common phrase that's used in organizing, mm-hmm. like the. There's something that brings you to this work, and it's good to acknowledge. There's mm-hmm. self-interest in, in what you're doing, right? Yeah. You get something out of it. Yeah. There's, there's really no such thing as an altruistic act that is completely about someone else and mm. doesn't feed us in some way. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between that and seeking notoriety or fame. And I think that that's what – it's so refreshing to see, you know, you're, you're wearing your self-interest out there, but people know what you're getting out of it and to name it. 
Um, that's what's powerful about that Brockton interfaith movement and just organizing in general. Yeah. And I saw you posted this on Facebook pretty recently, and I think you said it came from an email mm-hmm. of someone that sent it to you. But the last part of it says, organized religion fears such outbursts, but spiritual outbursts almost always precede real reform. Mm. Might spiritual discontent be today's prophetic edge? Needling institutions to listen, to change, to be more responsive and relevant. And it's a question being asked, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who wrote that to you. You can say in a second. But I love the idea that spiritual discontent would be our prophetic edge. Yeah. You know, you talk about spirituality and getting something out of uh, sort of connecting with people on that level. Do you want to talk a little bit about more of why you posted that? What you yeah, were thinking? So yeah. So I, I subscribe to a bunch of different spiritual um, <laughs> emails, and I'm trying to think where that particular one came from. I don't want to misquote it, but but the reason I post those is, is sort of to 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 shake up religion <laughs> yeah. and and this focus. And you talked about I think in your first ep- episode about like the fo- and maybe uh, one of the episodes about like the, the, this focus on the afterlife. Yes heaven and and like forgetting about the pain and suffering now yeah and i remember like going when i was an organizer with big five or six years ago i went to a very prominent local church talking about immigration and they were all against it i was perplexed Mm. how can you claim to be a christian and and love your brother and and do unto others and all of that and yet like not support immigrants because of them coming into the country illegally right so every time there's a there's a there's a post that challenges the traditional way of like doing religion and if you're just going to church and doing the motions and you're not really doing the the work of alleviating pain and suffering then i i that's my way of like needle if somebody's gonna read that and be challenged and and i I attended a service recently I, i tend to go to different services just exploring and and trying to get fed spiritually and just see the different ways that that i could i could serve in in, in my spiritual practices and i mentioned that i mentioned mm. that and and i and this this tendency of some churches to just do church yeah and not really do the work of of like using that platform powerfully yeah to 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 do the work right so you mentioned when you were 18 you had this falling away mm-hmm. did you it doesn't mean that you you weren't feeling sort of connected the way that maybe you do now spiritually you just were exploring life trying to grow through some stuff yeah. but did you feel like you got hurt by the by the institution you were a part of by them naming you that way like yeah. saying you know yeah so so that term is like disturbing yeah like you fall away is like you you you're you're banned you're marked right god's turn his back on you that's hard that was yeah. hard knowingly leaving and knowing that that's how i was perceived and i internalized that was difficult yeah um but i i have a problem with any religion that claims to be the way yeah like you know you because it's where like i could be born in china and grow up with a completely different religion. Yes. My parents instilled a certain way of, 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 of practicing that religion. And if I'm not, quote unquote, a Christian, you're saying that I'm going to be damned to hell. That I have a problem with that. <laughs> I believe God is love. Yeah. And I don't know what God is, but to me, it's as simple and as complicated as love. Yeah. This force of preserving humans, of doing good, of yes. not hurting the other person or animal, right, that's in front yeah. of you. Um 
And then saying that, there's also this very real opposite force. Yeah. Which is like hate and, yeah. and evil, which yeah. exists too. Mm. And in life, I've wrestled with like both. Yeah. Right. I'm not an evil person, but I've done, I've made bad decisions. Yes. Right. Um, and yeah, yet this... I've done more good <laughs> in my life than anything that, that can ever be brought up. Right. I'm but I, but I, but I try to be humble in that sense too, because I never want to paint the picture that I'm perfect. Yeah. And yet, um, I love hard and I, and, mm. and it's because of that spiritual foundation that I got as a teenager, to be honest. And I grew up Catholic just went through the motions of that stuff didn't i was just a kid so i didn't know yep. any better but as i got older i started questioning these practices i mm. started questioning my relationship with god and i do everything from like read buddhism texts and 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 whatever that is about philosophy and life and living yeah some of it is not even religious i love that. i'm trying to figure it out That's and so i think great. we all are and uh, sometimes yeah. we we become doctrinated because we believe that there is just one way yeah and i i think that that comes out of a need for safety and security like where these we struggle we all struggle that's a a unifying thing about human beings right Mm. we're all trying to make it through we don't understand everything so we're looking for something to make us feel secure and religion often provides that like here's all you need to think and if you think this you'll you'll be good but i i'm always brought back to and you when you said god is love it made me think about in the Hebrew Bible, when Moses asks God's name and to, to be like, you know, what should I tell? Who should I say sent me? Mm-hmm. You know, and God's name is the sound of breath. Mm. So we have t- mm. it's mm. YHWH that we called it Yahweh. But yep. it, it's just it's like mm. breath. It's movement. Wow. And I love that because love is movement, you know, like this. But something you said. I actually <laughs> was thinking about that today. Really? Randomly. And I would have <laughs> never remembered this until you said it. That's awesome. I was driving and I saw a woman just walking. And I said to myself, she's got the breath of God in her. Wow. Like, man. like exactly like, like the anything that is living and breathing, that's God. Yes. Yes. That to me yes. is God. Like this, this continual force of like life. And then we we can verbally say something. You can hear me talk, but inside we all have got like this little voice in our head that you can't you can't measure that, mm. right? Like I can think things in my head now, and you can't you you can't see it, you right. can't hear it. How is that possible, yes. right? There's something <laughs> supernatural about that that we all have, and to me that is like the breath of God, as you said. I never heard that before. That 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 breathing, but that continual life. Yes, and and it's and it's beautiful forms of diversity even I'm, yeah. I'm 45 and i've learned about different fruits mm. i'm like how did i never hear about like this particular fruit but the fact that god nature earth provides food for us yeah and various nutritional stuff yeah. like that to me is it's beautiful yes. and we don't think about that sometimes yeah like, we, we create our own foods but there's food already provided yeah that's to me that's god right He's taking care of his living beings in I some way that. He or she or whatever. To me, God is a woman because we all come from yeah. from, from a female. Um, but yeah, I love that. I think we're all just trying to figure. I'm trying to figure it out. So I, 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 I lean Christian, um, but there's some things that I struggle with, like literal yeah. interpretations of the Bible. So and so lived to be 900 years old. How can you be swallowed by a whale and live? And yeah, yeah I believe that God is powerful, and, and those things could happen. Yeah. But why don't we see them like today? Like I, I wrestle with that. But but to me, it's it's love. 
yes. love and, and preservation and respect and, right. and alleviating pain and suffering and yeah. harmony and, and that, you, that's spirituality. I love that. And you know better than a lot of people that love is not easy. Love is hard. Yeah. So when someone says all you need is love or God is love, it's not this kind of like cheap and like, oh, it's, I got feelings for you thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. love means picking up someone off the ground or fighting for their cause and your own cause yeah. your combi- your your like your bonded cause together at you know the at the state house or yeah. you know like that's love i've seen that in you i've you've modeled things for me that i just watch and i think it's important to be able to know that when you talk about love you're meaning that and not Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I haven't figured out that Valentine's Day love thing. <laughs> I, um, I wish I, I could. But I've, I'm, I'm learning even even, even now. Like, I'm, I'm still learning about love and what it means to love. Because I feel that, well, I'll speak for me, that human mm. beings are, are fundamentally selfish. <laughs> right? Like, we, 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 we want, we have needs. And, and like, sometimes in, in, like, relationships, those needs get in the way of the other person. But yeah, the love that I'm talking about is, is like that love for the stranger. And yes. it's, it's not like, you know, I'm in love with you, but I you're a human being and you have that breath of God in you yeah. and you're struggling and you're in the street and I have a little bit extra that I could give you. Mm. And so, yeah, um, that that's breath, what it's about. That breath thing, it's amazing that that stuck out today because it really is that thing that bonds us mm. is we've all got the breath of god or whatever that means flowing through us yep. and whether you lean christian or whatever else you know you work for an interfaith organization you're able to connect with people on that basic thing yeah we're all human beings we all are trying to survive we've all got breath in our lungs and we're grateful for it for yep. a chance to wake up another day and to do something to to just be next to each other and to and to try to figure out what it means to be human in 2022 yeah and we got to get it right because it's it's we take it for granted yeah this this breath that we all yeah. have it, it you know um life is really really short like i remember as as we're talking 16 seems like it was yesterday i yes. very much feel like i'm young right and, and i i am young but like time flies it does you know and yeah. and like you never know when that breath is gonna be mm. taken from you for whatever reason mm. like losing my sister was a wake-up call for me in yeah, december man. um the fact that she was only a year and a half older than me wow um made me realize the fragility of life and that yeah. was the the most painful death experience that i've had in my life mm. i've had grandparents i have no grandparents alive mm. um uncles and aunts and cousins and friends um people i grew up with people that i've actually baptized back in the church are no longer here um and yet this this particular loss just like shook me up and woke me up to how fragile life is you could Mm. be here be healthy people could see you and then you're not here yeah so it makes me really appreciate friendships and family and 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 the real things like i don't need i i used to think i wanted to be rich and it'll be nice if i am right yeah. if my son makes it yeah yeah buy me a home but it's really the simple things and i'm not just saying like i'm really really believe it's the simple things yes. spending time with my sons my son calling me the other day mm. telling me he wants to see my my parents and that he wants to spend time with them right